Geopolitics and Empire welcomes back Johnny Bedmore, investigative journalist and musician from Wales who writes for a number of outlets, including Whitney Webb's Unlimited Hangout. His latest and absolute smashing piece is the Kissinger Continuum, the unauthorized history of the World Economic Forum's Young Global Leaders Program. Willkommen back to Geopolitics and Empire, Johnny V. Ah, danke, danke. I'm so glad to be here. <laughs> I say that was my a bit of my Schwab impression there for you. We're going to have to talk uh, with the uh, with the Schwab accent for for the rest of this uh, interview. All right, <laughs> no, 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 nine. But thanks for having me on. I um, I uh, our other two uh talks on this were really really good and uh, i i think it's uh it's really good that we, this is like the f first uh time i'm going to talk to someone where i'm talking about the actual third piece uh on its own rather than the first two pieces because a lot of the time people are playing catch up but mm -hmm. you're already on the ball and i like that yeah and i was i was just going to say you know for people who have not read your prior pieces uh, on klaus schwab and the cia connection to f uh, it's mandatory they go back uh, and do that. I think we talked about last time uh, the nece necessity of you know reading uh, a lot. And those pieces, I think they've been widely read. On my TNT show uh, last week, I was talking with uh, a guest from Canada or something who was talking about Schwab and the Nazis. And I'm like, you probably read Johnny Vedmore's article. And he's like, yeah. And so uh, yeah, your stuff is getting widely read. And uh, you know, as you say, Klaus Schwab's supposed brainchild, Young Global Leaders, uh, is actually a replica of Kissinger's international seminar, originally run out of Harvard and funded by CIA. Uh, you, you investigate uh, the people behind Kissinger's international seminar um, and the CIA conduits, which funded the program and Kissinger's key role in the creation of the Young uh, Global Leaders program. So uh, let's get to the bottom of this. What's what's going on? Oh, this is uh, well. <clears throat> When people when when people read the first two articles, you know, you 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 have a really interesting um, kind of a relationship with your readership once you've got um, a, a, a start of a series that people are enjoying and has uh, uncovered some really fantastically new information. Um, and the first two pieces, I had so much joy with finding loads of stuff uh, that no one knew about or had been hidden in the shadows that I knew this one was going to be. Uh, brilliant to research it's going to be so fun to research and i never expected quite how uh, I, once you know all of the information then you're looking at one long line and really one long line of creation of american intelligence agencies to the young global leaders program itself because the young global leaders program as you will hopefully as i will hopefully be able to explain uh to you and your audience is like a continuation of a program that really has its birth in harvard uh and uh, uh, William Yandel Elliott, um, the mentor, uh, the, at least the Harvard government, school of government mentor of Henry Kissinger and Kissinger's international seminar. And that it really was um, a template for what the Young Global Leaders Project would be eventually. But there's more, there's more, there's so much more because what you'll be able to see is that the people who were funding, the people who proved in 1967, Harvard were forced to re um, uh, release a report uh, and they were trying to uh, beat, the. there was two newspapers. I can't remember what the first newspaper was and I haven't been able to actually find the article uh, in any archives for for this but uh one newspaper at the time was about to out the fact that the cia had funded certain programs in uh the harvard in harvard summer school and uh the new york times also had that story and printed it first and got it out there first and uh, showed the kissinger's um international seminar which had run from 1950 uh and was still running in 1967 had been it, for the years between 1960 and 1966 uh funded by free organizations in particular which were foundations which were cia conduits they were made up by the cia uh the members of the cia were actually on board with it there was a lot of organizations as we'll also learn um that were were 
during this time to kind of uh, start the countering Soviet narratives and to start encouraging Western uh, or American aligned thinking within the re rest of the world uh, by implanting certain people who we who, uh, the West would train through organizations that they would make up um and this this was playing catch up to the soviets who in 1919 with willie munzenberg had um uh started comintern and the first sort of like communist youth program that was spreading propaganda by the end of the war the west had to do roughly the same thing and remember wartime it was the oss was created this uh special like precursor to um the cia um and uh, william donovan headed it up and recruited some really key members people like kermit roosevelt who is going to come up in this story because kermit roosevelt is one of the most important people in the history of american intelligence um there is a man who's done some great work on this a, a, a completely and utterly um astounding work who i'll talk about as well um later but but th this was the war was a really interesting time for intelligence, of course. All of these guys after the war had a load of loose ends and they had nothing to do. And they were all uh, realizing that the Soviet threat was coming. So it's time to reorganize and and um, re-coordinate. Uh, and really, the British and the Americans, even though they were on the same side, sometimes weren't working together. They were very independent in their intelligence methods. And what you find during that time... And I'm doing a lot of research on articles now about this, is that um, things like British intelligence agencies were trying to encourage the actions of American intelligence agencies uh, by committing certain actions or laying out fake propaganda. Uh, there, there's a case in Spain where they had planned out um, uh, to find a Nazi hanging out with a map in a briefcase attached to his arm and so the, 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 the uh, Spanish could find it and then they would go back and they would tell information. You know, there's lots of little games during the war that was really fun that they enjoyed playing and they took those games outside into the normal world uh, after the war and it was about it turned into course east versus west the cold war and for that they needed to create a new organization um after the oss that was much more uh suited for a long-term battle ideological battle and secret war uh that was the cia which was created in 1947 and some of the people who were behind the creation were some of the people who funded this course that would train Klaus Schwab Kissinger's international seminar. Um, and this is what's really interesting. Now, Kermit Roosevelt was one of the men who was uh, brought on. He had already been OSS and he was brought on into the CIA. <clears throat> And Kermit Roosevelt was the grandson of Theodore Roosevelt, the president from the turn of the century. Um, his father was also called Kermit Roosevelt. During the war, committed suicide uh, in Alaska. He was he was a very troubled man. I don't quite know what was going on with his father. But Kermit Roosevelt Jr. was a very keen intellect. He was very interested in the Middle East, especially. He had traveled extensively from the time when he was uh, very young with his uh, uh, with his father. Um, and he knew a lot about the world. He knew how it worked. And what happened uh, in after World War um, Two, of course, is you had 1947 wasn't only the creation of the CIA, but it was also uh, around the time of the Nakba and the incursions into Palestine and the creation of the State of Israel. Now, what loads of people don't know and what I really didn't know when I started off on this journey is that loads of the people who started out in the CIA, loads of the people advising all of these um, different organizations and loads of people people pushing the direction of this newly formed central intelligence agencies were all anti-Zionists. They were nearly all exclusively. They all, uh, one of the people who is in Kermit Roosevelt's um, circle of, of friends is a, a journalist, the first woman to be expelled from Nazi Germany in 1934, the first journalist. Uh, she was a woman called Dorothy Thompson, really strong. When you watch her videos, you get, ooh, <laughs> she's like really strong teacher type um uh, but she uh, these people were um extremely active i can't remember what i was going to say that I, I, I remember
remember. I remember now. Uh, <laughs> but but this is a really exciting time. 1947, the creation of the CIA. Uh, Dorothy Thompson said that the um, uh, Israel state, creation of the state of Israel and the, the the pushing out of all of these Palestinians into other lands would be cause perpetual war. It would be something that would would go on forever. It was a recipe for perpetual war, and that's what the CIA found that they wanted. They wanted that. They wanted to be able to to, to uh, make regions unstable, and for the big power of America, Daddy, to come in and say, "We can help you with your troubles." Um, and this is what they were trying to form. So they formed this unit called the CIA, which was going to go out and do some of that. Because by the fifties, as Kissinger starting up his the pilot of his international seminar just as he's leaving harvard himself in 1950 they're straight they got him straight on he's written one of the biggest dissertations in harvard's history uh that he's being lauded by everybody around and he gets put in charge of this international seminar created by william yandel elliott um and he's recruited soon by the cfr as well at the same uh time to war game out uh nuclear threat and etc um and kissinger's being lifted into a role and at the same time uh in 1952 and 1953 the cia are enacting their first coups in the middle east so the first coup uh that happened was in egypt um we we talked slightly about it just the funny fact the name's called operation ff which stood for uh fat fuck i believe um and it was basically aimed at getting out king farouk who was in charge they tried to negotiate with him a little bit say this is what we want he wasn't having any of it so they were like okay we'll commit a coup they got nasa and the free officers movement in egypt to basically remove him they were planning on a revolution anyway um and had lots of backing anyway so uh the king farouk went off to and and went into exile in italy i think he eventually died in italy but he never got back in charge the cia led this operation was led and planned by kermit roosevelt alongside alan dulles and others but a lot kermit roosevelt was this really important character he had designed and created the first coup and it was so 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 successful that up in the state department john uh foster dulles uh was was saying well we're gonna have to uh we're gonna have to do another one of these next year aren't we uh, we will give you the equivalent of 12 million i think it is in today's money so about 1 million at the time in funds to overthrow mohammed in iran um and who was going to design that and lead that project but the person who had designed and led the other project kermit roosevelt they come in mm -hmm. and they do a I, coup in iran yeah I, I just wanted to add because uh when i was teaching university international relations in mexico um i would actually assign students because they don't like to read, but I would make them read the primary source documents of TP Ajax, Operation a Ajax of the overthrow of um, Iran in 53 most a day. And yeah, just as you laid out, Kermit Roosevelt was involved. It was the CIA, MI6. Uh, and then 53 and then 54 was Guatemala. I forget the name of that. I, I don't know if it was like uh, Operation Peanut Butter or PB, I think, uh, uh, PB. But I, I never went as far, I guess. Uh, I didn't know about Egypt and, uh, and Operation FF. So it's like you, you can trace it, as you said, 52, 53, 54. And I think an important point you make, uh, you say that the Americans were soon to learn that if they were to continue to overthrow governments, they would first need to have effective American-aligned leaders already trained up and, and ready. And then you, you go on to talk about in your article, the American Friends of the uh, Middle East. And you can trace from, from where you're looking at now all the way to today that's like the beginning of the construction of the color revolution framework, which we're still seeing to an extent uh, today. And it's, yes. it's essentially a globalist project. The CIA is a globalist thing. And it's like doing the globalist dirty work to try and take over all of the nations and bring everyone into this one big kumbaya happy uh, family. <laughs> yeah, I got a kumbaya happy family. I do not believe uh, fully exists. Yes. This is such an important moment because this is you could see you could see the line on and there's two lines there as well by this point because you could see things like Harvard uh summer school running Kissinger's international seminar as getting ready to train the young global leaders of the future and this is what they would do it would be planned now we know the funding that happened between 1960 and 1966 because of the Humphrey Dorman report in 1967 that got released which is uh was 
to preempt these newspaper articles I mentioned earlier were going to release. We know that that the the free people who were funding them at that point were American friends of the Middle East, uh, the Farfield Foundation and the Asian Foundation. The, the other two foundations extremely interesting. Farfield kind of looks more like it, 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 it concentrated on famous people and trying to attract famous people to attract young to to uh, incite imagination about the wonders of American supremacy in the mind of the young. Um, but but the these uh, the American Friends of the Middle East was a very special pro, uh, a project. One thing we don't know is the funding between 1950 and 1960. They never released that information. So the likelihood is a lot of money was put into this. A lot of money was put into this and it was too much to advertise. So they only advertised the one million or so that funded uh, Kissinger's international seminar between here and here, between 1960 and 1966. But they were very important years. Now, I found um, uh, a uh, advert in the Lahore Military Gazette uh, from 1957. It's actually, there's one in 1957, 1958, and 1959 advertising Henry Kissinger's international seminar and looking for the best possible candidates you can find anywhere else in the world, anywhere around um, and they've got to be the best and everything will be paid for them all of their travel expenses all of their accommodation all of it if they could prove to be the best could put the best candidates forward then they will have everything paid for and they will come so they were they were even looking at places like pakistan which i think will come up in a later article for me personally um pakistan's situation is extremely interesting again 1947 a lot happens in 1947 uh and and you you can't underestimate the creation of the cia was like an explosion of activity all around the world and they needed they needed those young global leaders to put in to power because what they found out was three four years after they had done the coup operation fat fuck in egypt what did you have well you had nasa aligning with soviet uh sort of leaning people here and there and 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 putting out like like buying i think they bought some arms some missiles something like that a project with the soviets and of course th that's the worst fear so the what what they were were doing because what the all at most the majority this is there's there's lots of different things that were going on at the time but one of the most important things for them were making sure that they were counteracting potential soviet infiltration into hearts and minds and the most of the world saw America as this soulless beast. So they were starting from scratch and they were having to try their best to uh, get people on side. And uh, vehicles like the American Friends of the Middle East were very important. Now, it was set up by Kermit Roosevelt, uh, Virginia Gildersleeve, Harry Fostick. Harry Fostick, extremely interesting man, became the, one of the mentors of Martin Luther King, of all people, um, uh, and, and, and many others, and Dorothy Thompson. 27 people uh, founded this organization, and they were very active in trying to sway opinion on the ground. But the, the whole time, time 40s they they and and the 50s and the 60s up until 1967 another really important year um they they are trying to put forward the cause of the palestinian people and saying don't you know we need to roll back on this creation of the state of israel because it's going to cause trouble uh, for the foreseeable future but again truman recognized had already recognized the state of israel they were on a losing battle so they started to um uh create organizations such as one that was had the acronym help um which was about finding and helping and resettling uh palestinians who had been uh, forced out after the nakba of course uh this would this would all be um uh, this would all be a big project and it would be to uh, what i see this as is the beginning was to try and uh, install leaders but it was like doing coups that were close to hard coups you know at the beginning there was military the free free officers movement and, and things like that. but what they were trying to do eventually is make it all soft coups 
because if you look at how the world is nowadays um it's not like you know there's very rarely need to do uh um some big war you just need to have everybody turn out onto a plaza wave a certain color flag and then the the people run away there's a little bit of shooting and it's all over and these soft coups were something that they found they could do very easily if they could uh get the backing of young people mainly young people and so all through from 1945 onwards they were creating loads of different organizations um to try and uh combat soviet influence and this included um brittingham vikings who still run today uh set up by thomas brittingham who's a very interesting fella in his own right um and he they, they would concentrate on the scandinavian area uh kissinger seminar would concentrate on basically everywhere but everyone were concentrating on europe quite a lot uh the middle east um and the pakistani region uh even there's one article which uh i i know is stated uh that i i noted in the article that stated that um uh kermit roosevelt at one point before he was running off to do other things in the 50s and do other coups in the 50s was um in tibet trying to defeat communists just before tibet fell so, I mean, you know, this was a battle where they were backwards and forwards on the front lines, but it was a weird ideological Cold War. Um, uh, extremely interesting, of course. A message from our sponsors. It seems we may be headed for the 1930s all over again. Financial collapse, tyranny, and world war. I've already secured multiple passports, offshore accounts, safe havens, and escaped to the sunnier shores of Mexico. My friend Mikkel Thorup of the Expat Money Show is hosting the Expat Money Summit with 30-plus experts that'll help you reclaim freedom in this fourth turning by moving your life and wealth offshore. Protect yourself and secure a new life abroad. Register now for free at expatmoneysummit.com or don't and enjoy surviving on insect protein while stuck in the metaverse. Since 2020, Ron Unz of Unz.com has argued the COVID outbreak was due to a U.S. biowarfare attack against China and Iran. Jeffrey Sachs, the Russian Ministry of Defense, and others are now making similar suggestions. Weeks before COVID appeared in Wuhan, a top U.S. biowarfare official ran the Crimson Contagion exercise on how to protect America against infection if a dangerous virus suddenly appeared in China. After COVID appeared in Wuhan, it jumped to Iran, infecting Iranian leadership only weeks after America had assassinated Iran's military commander. Iran publicly accused America of an illegal biowarfare attack and filed a complaint with the UN. Ron Unz has produced a free ebook and is available for interviews to further discuss this issue. And don't forget to fund Geopolitics and Empire. You can leave a donation, except on Patreon or PayPal, which have banned us, book a consultation, or become a member. I'll just add, it makes, uh, it's interesting the point that you said that th they're going to switch from hard uh, coup to soft. I think another point is, if you think about the creation of the internet, like th that's, those are the years that computers and internet is coming online, and they probably could extrapolate going forward that uh, there's going to be a lot more eyes and smartphones and cameras so they won't be able to openly continue doing uh, military coups and they're going to have to you know do it in, in the way as as you uh uh outlined and you know w one takeaway i had from your article was just thinking it, it seems like that you know many have said that america is the vehicle for uh globalism global governance and it looks like from your research you know it's the cia cfr and basically the anglo-american a sphere and the Bretton Woods system, you know, IMF, World Bank, WTO, and that they're trying to basically, like they've they've got a large portion of the planet, you know, tacitly under their control, and that we just saw, like in Pakistan, they took out Imran Khan, and that there are these few other places like Syria, Iran, North Korea, Russia, and China, perhaps that are just uh, left over. Uh, I mean, w would you agree that you know, the, America, Washington, you know, Wall Street, London? that the west that they are basically the the central vehicles for globalism or, or how would you sort of place that yeah i i i know that there's a lot of people who are probably aligned with my ways of thinking that would say that there's like um uh i i look at herman khan and one of the things he said which is that what would be really nice is if we could have britain and america as um a kind of like entity together but what would be even nicer would be if we had britain america and europe 
all together as one big entity and we're deciding how things go and we once you've got enough of the power you you move it here you move it there and it forces the other person's hand and most of what we're dealing with in decision making are kind of binary decisions do we do this or do we not do this do we show force or do we not show force you know they're really really one extreme to the other all of the time that seems to work to distract as well which a lot of this was um to people people during the 1960s were living on the edge i was reading um one book called i think it was uh in stephen ward a scapegoat they loved him but when they turned against him he was dead or something along those lines it's a very it's a very interesting book it's not all completely correct but some some of the things quotes that i i found uh, uh from there were really really interesting about this period because people were saying you know this wasn't this it didn't feel like it was like the world would end tomorrow it felt like the world was going to end now it was going to end now so you could do anything you wanted and you could get away with anything and everything was done in the back rooms and you didn't have as much fear about this because this was east versus west at some point the nukes were going to fly and everybody was going to die um so so that that point this uh kissinger's international seminar had been born in this different place than it was going to eventually be in 1967 and i get a feeling that the dorman reports and the reports in the newspaper were kind of like a self-destruct button on that uh vehicle i'd say again that program so that they the kissinger could go off and do some stuff proper stuff in the white house uh i concentrate on that stuff more than anything because this course dies off of course as soon as once everybody knows it's cia funded uh it loses its charm but still people are sending uh global leaders to uh future global leaders to harvard and they are being mentored by the same people like for instance uh benazir bhutto of pakistan who went to harvard uh in 1971 i think it was uh her father zulfikar ali bhutto had phoned john kenneth galbraith uh one of the mentors account of klaus schwab and said hey hey i need uh, my 16 year old going to harvard early um and uh years later of course he's leader years later she's leader twice of pakistan there was it was still uh it was still being you know the, these sort of places were still melting pots for future leaders and that's what they were aiming to do so they could get all of their ideology in every country it was all about getting people who aligned with you in the right positions of power and it became such an industry they became so good at it that it got to the point where the world economic forum or uh, well in a sense it was the world economic forum because i think the world i think they started calling themselves world economic forum in the 90s but they 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 uh started with this idea of okay let's make this industrial let's go a step on klaus schwab uh i i, I see it like this the 70s he created the the organization and he's bringing people in he's convincing people why the project's good he's showing people that globalism will work and they all get an ability to network and talk to each other at this big event in davos so everybody gets a bit of pie here and there so it's constantly rewarded constantly uh get bringing on more members by the 80s they start to plan out how can we keep control in the future once all of this technology and all of this other stuff happens how can we and there's lots of people i'm i'm currently documenting this happening in loads of different ways in different areas too there's i'm i'm writing a piece about bezos um which i've just nearly finished and that looks about the same sort of direction of how they were building people constructing these leaders of enterprise or politics uh which is what all of these programs were about henry kitchen's international seven of britain viking uh the world economic forum eventually itself so in the 80s they were planning out okay how are we going to keep control by the 90s it's the fall of the berlin walls happened communism is over let's take this opportunity to try and infiltrate everything that is left that we couldn't quite get before and since then we've been living in this backwards and forwards on the edge of these areas where this battle is still going on like ukraine we got this ideological backwards and forwards sometimes it's peaceful sometimes it pretends not to be peaceful sometimes it's peaceful sometimes it pretends not to be peaceful but that's currently the 
uh, the fake front line for the uh, like idea for, for the idea the ideological battle between east and west but they kind of dropped all of the walls in the 90s everybody dropped it uh, gorbachev uh, fucked it for all the russians <laughs> the russians were suddenly exposed and loads of them were like well we can make money now can't we you know so straight in in from from i found um articles uh which i've done in newshound piece that i'm doing uh recently that show klaus schwab's first uh mention in british and american newspapers and he's talking about the threat to privacy and data uh that computers have of government and it it mentions in there that the first forum was uh put together by um the uh institute for business management or the international business management institute um and it was it, the forum was sponsored the first ever world economic forum in davos was going to be sponsored by this uh group and if you look at what they were doing at the time they were uh teaching bringing russians over to switzerland and teaching them capitalism <laughs> so they're trying to infiltrate directly it's not even like a, a, a cloak and dagger thing it's like you've got newspaper articles saying uh they're teaching communist capitalism and they love it you know you know they, they're really selling this idea they're backwards and forwards it's a proper ideological battle on every level it's happening in the dark and in the secret but it's also happening across the tv screens across the, in all of the movies and all the literature and all the newspapers it's an exciting time for everybody but by 1967 like the the it, it was over they kind of knew that and they were planning for the future from then so all of the beginning of the world economic forum was leading to this point where they then said, right, okay, we've got this organization that now can have, create global rule, a rule um, that we've never seen before, a global world order. Lots of people say new world order. You you can't keep saying that because it's now an old new water, old world order because it's already been installed. This is the global world order. We are here. We are in the now. And this global world order was going to start inserting, just like the CIA had done, training up young global leaders for the future and inserting them one by one into countries but now they had they had learned from the master uh the the head of the world economic forum klaus schwab had been trained through exactly the same template of the the the, the uh program that he would create uh that in 1992 and 1993 and we should talk about this it's really important 1992 and 1993 you have the creation of the global leaders for tomorrow program and the first year, 1993, was crazy. It had uh, Tony Blair in Merkel. It had Sarkozy. It had uh, Bill Gates was there. Um, Richard Branson, Bronfman, uh, uh, who's who's one of uh, the mega group, I believe, as well. Wex and his mega group. Um, it, it, they had some real scumbags in 1993. But even more interesting, I believe 1993 took place not in Davos, but in Ukraine and there as well i found it in multiple newspapers but one in particular one report that says that there was an alternative program created at the same time and it was called uh something along the lines as young russian patriot a program and it was by the world economic forum and i had three people who russia put forward as potentials for this uh leadership program uh for russians alone only three and one of them was vladimir putin i've read a report from a a, a fairly a reasonably um uh trustworthy source i'm reasonably trustworthy you have to check these things and it names all three of them i think all three of them are kgb agents um putin was one of the most revered and well-known kgb agents who had been working between east and west berlin so everybody knew about him everybody knew and he was one of the ones on it now they i I am going to investigate that and I'm sure other people are going to investigate that and I think you should people should because that really will show the sham because now we, we we're in the we're looking at the 90s one of the pictures inside uh the most recent article the Kissinger continuum one of the um uh pictures is them on an air Ukrainian air airline in 1993 all talking with each other now on the way to Ukraine so they're taking uh their 
business over there to uh to to the world they're trying to break through that, that barrier that's what schwab was set up for by kissinger and by galbraith and by herman Kahn to break down that wall because they knew what herman Kahn said before they knew they could get america britain and europe together but they would have to then have the target set on the real ideological enemy you could say but basically they were becoming the same people with the same identity i mean you look at china now you can hardly say it's a communist regime it all looks very capitalist it all looks very sparkly and it all looks uh, just like like they've uh, taken part of this and part of this and smushed it together um and you you kind of lose the ideology in there now 2004 the most important and interesting thing happens because this start off this global leaders for tomorrow program had been very successful but had been run on a smaller scale it had been 200 uh the originally uh henry kissinger's international seminar with was 50 people 50 candidates from all around the world this had been 200 so it'd grown slightly since that time um, and by 2004, uh, it needed a complete revamp, an overhaul. They needed to make it something where it was industrial. They were going to be, uh, they, they knew what they were doing now. They had had over 10 years of practice in it. And along come the Dan David Foundation with Kissinger, Henry Kissinger himself on the board to award a one million pound prize to Klaus Schwab. Uh, and Klaus Schwab, what does he do with that million pound prize? Well, he goes and straight, straight in. He sets up the Young Global Leaders Program, the Forum for Young Global Leaders. And there he is penetrating the cabinets you know it's become industrial if you see the list the massive list of thousands of names that are going through this program they've they've it's it's like uh, what we talked about conspiracy is has already conspired you know it's already happened it's no longer conspiracy uh, to think it's happening. It's long lists of names of people who are, and this is it, who are involved in a, a continuation of a CIA soft coup program, which is to bring down, uh, uh, bring in line into a global order uh, every country on earth by implanting really important, uh, influential and powerful people within all of their politics, business, um, uh, every single area of society, um, and including intelligence. So I think there's a lot of names. When you see the lists of uh, young global leaders, uh, what you discover and global, lead, uh, global leaders for tomorrow program, uh, people who took part in them, uh, what you discover is that some names don't have any um uh sort of business attached no they're not politicians they're not a member of a party i believe that there's also intelligence agents mixed up within this and this is just a, a, a this what we're looking at it in the wrong way the world economic forum is the global cia to an extent and they're creating the world that's that's yeah. the story, boss. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, you know, just to add to that, um, uh, you wrote, you know, the fall of the Soviet Union soon became uh, the apparent catalyst for the creation uh, of the leaders. So it's like uh, when they announced the end of history, it's like th that was that last, how would you say, you know, going for the gold from the 90s uh, until today. And like, I, I, it's kind of like you said, it's, it's already happened. Um, uh, you also write, you conclude, um, quote, it isn't the thousands of participants who have completed these programs who we should be most concerned about. Our real concern should be with the billions, billions of Democratic voters who have been tricked into believing that any of the leaders produced by either Schwab or Kissinger have their best interest, interests at heart, uh, end quote. And for example, you know, recently, uh, Canadian MP Pierre uh, Polievre is running for prime minister. He said, I will ban all my ministers from any involvement in the World Economic Forum, uh, end quote. But um, I, I, it almost feels like it's it's too late. Like they won't let him, this guy Pierre, get anywhere near to the um, becoming prime minister. I mean, w what are your thoughts on, you know, how far is it? Like game over, or, or you know, what, what's your take on on how the Great Reset uh, is progressing? 
do, do you know that the the first the first time that we uh, spoke about this um it was really intriguing because I, I I looked at kind of like how the Labourship, uh, a Labour leadership candidate, uh, Jeremy Corbyn, had been treated during his time in office. How a lot of people who had uh, who had brought him down were young global leaders, and it's like that. It's like someone can go in with the best intentions into a system where they're going to just be clawed down into the swamp. Hey, they can walk in, go in. I'm not going to be clawed down into the swamp, but they're going to get clawed down into the swamp. You know, you can say all you like but you're going to become part of it uh it is it is um it is a globalist network that is so it's all pervasive it's controlling every part of society and it's doing it with a limited number of people in the right places and it's very clever how these people uh what i discovered is in in my all my research is that the majority of this comes from uh, game theory computer modeling um they're using other techniques behind closed doors to find out what to do before we have any sort of clue so the only way we can get anywhere close is by transparency and finding out what they're doing behind closed doors um and at the moment we're just losing knowledge we're just we uh, we have we have people all over the world who are so fed up of the situation that oh, the constant uh, sentence I hear from the average person on the street when you talk about any of this is, oh, yeah, but what can I do? So I just don't do anything, you know, and I used to be I used to feel like that and I used to be like that. And then I stopped being like that. And now I do something and I try and get something out there. And it seems to be that I'm successful because these people are weak as hell. If I can do it nearly anybody can do it because these people are weak as hell as soon as you get into them as soon as you start hitting away at them you 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 expose a, a, another hundred another thousand people to their lies to the hypocrisy to all of that and these guys seem to have something where eventually we need to have so many people who say we're going to ban the world economic forum that uh basically there's a war against switzerland where all of the <laughs> all of the world get together and say okay we've had enough we're gonna we're gonna revolt we're, we're not gonna aim at our own armies we're going straight to switzerland every member of the world we're gonna destroy davos the center of this and we're gonna ban globalist organizations all around the world so that we can keep our cultures so we can keep our nationalities intact so we can keep our history from being uh, merged into some sort of like uh, fake fairy tale fantasy that they tell you uh, to keep you doing a certain thing because that's what this is partially all been about and the second article was looking at um, Herman Kahn and the 1967 uh, policy document out of the Hudson Institute which would look at exactly this um the future educational leads uh, needs of young global leaders of people of people who were gonna uh be in charge in the future they got to be educated differently so that the rest of us don't know what we don't know you know that that's what they're after they're after that and that was it was it, though people uh know rumsfeld for saying the whole um you don't know what you don't know there's many unknowns and etc all of that stuff uh people say oh rumsfeld did that first uh, it was actually herman khan and Rumsfeld, who was at one point in awe of Herman Kahn, um, took his words for that moment. So uh, it, it's really important to realize what's currently happening is a dumbing down of society that we can see around us. I, 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 I don't want to, I, you know, I, I, I don't want to get political. It's too fucking late for that. Uh, <laughs> the listen 10 years ago anybody could tell you who what a man and a or a woman was they could tell you that a vaccine meant something where you took it and you didn't get infections not that you take it and then you get infections you know the whole basis of reality is starting to crumble away because they've pushed that uh, different educational policy on the masses so much that there's big breaks in knowledge now and it's really starting to get 
warped and bizarre that can only last for a certain amount of time and i don't think they were able to factor in any of this they were they, and what they do is when things like this appear they kind of react to it at the time and kind of balance it out and try and do something that then alters it and and they could probably find a million ways they can model a million ways to distract us and we got to stop being distracted but at the moment what i'm seeing out there is humanity getting dumber and i've got a really negative outlook i think they're going to win and eventually um in uh, maybe f 50 to 100 years the population will be heavily reduced and there will be 10 percent who really hate each other 10 percent of of the uh, earth will hate the other 10 percent of the earth um because they're the only ones who survived the ones who didn't listen to these guys over here and uh, have, have probably formed two different societies hell this sounds like morlocks and stuff doesn't it i i mean i i can't see a, a positive outcome to this because it's so far gone that their plan is going to be enacted their plan is happening and there's things that I, I i mean every day you read the news yeah yeah every day you read the news you take in the bull you take in the bs and you listen to it and you realize that there's a lot of what we own we're supposed to own is being sold off to the highest bidder and it doesn't matter anymore there are no consequences we've entered into this sub-reality and this is what happens when they allow us to become uneducated and accept it yeah i was just going to ask you to like uh, extrapolate and uh, and you just did uh and um you know, a bit of a black pill but i i kind of have the same view uh as you and a portion of my listeners do uh as well they 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 have uh uh this view and you mentioned herman khan we talked about him uh, last time and on, on the flight over here to here at croatia i rewatched the doctor strange love uh on the plane and um my, my, I mean, I'm one, one of my favorite actors figures is Sterling Hayden, who plays uh, 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 the general. Uh, he wrote a, he wrote a great book, Veil uh, Wanderer. Uh, anyways, and I just saw something today. I just was thought was interesting to mention um, uh, the famous Australian Serbian uh, evangelist who has no limbs, Nick Vujicic. Many people uh, would probably know him. I'm a big, I'm a big fan of his. Uh, he was invited to Davos uh, and hung out with Schwab in 2011. And so many people have been bombarding him. He just had to come out and say in the video, because he's Christian and, and you know, you have this for Christians, it's like this worldview of this, the prophecy, world government, you know, totalitarian. He says, I completely disavow World Economic Forum. And he said back in 2011, when he was invited, their plans were not open, you know, at that, at that stage. And even I, like in 2015 and 16, in my classes, I was talking about World Economic Forum, Fourth Industrial Revolution, because even at that point, they were not as open as they are now and COVID hadn't happened and so it's just like so i mean there are people that go like nick vujicic and others they're just you know you're invited to go to this place to talk about your thing uh and that's mm -hmm. it and and he made it a point they like love that. they they love they love a photo opportunity as well i mean if you look on any one of their their websites what you'll see is um uh, look a world economic forum and it'll be a picture of a disabled person um someone uh with autism someone who's a dwarf or something that they can kind of claim virtue off the back of someone else's life struggle normal everyday life struggle and it's really blatantly base level it's not even like very intelligent they're not aiming at us this is one thing about uh, i i said to someone recently is that you know they and i think we talked about this they 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 want um the elite to look up into that ivory tower and be like oh we want to be up there um and they look down upon us the masses they don't give a, sh a crap about our opinion they don't care uh whether or not we agree with them or not um and us hating them and seeing them as evil only benefits their image to their elite friends who also want to have that they see that as something that like it, it, that that hate proves that they're doing the right thing you know there's something that's different between someone who's uh been taken over by wealth and uh and i talked to a guy uh, a film producer he had been up in davos he said it was surreal because everybody was just it, 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 it was just, just all so normal for them 
It's just all so usual and everyday. And it was obvious to them that everything that was happening around them was just not normal. And these guys were really, these guys I talked to were really strong Christians. I mean, extremely strong Christians. And they see these guys as like Satan. <laughs> they see these guys like, if you've got Christian, I, I, I don't mean to, to, to offend anybody who's uh, got a religious, uh, from a religious background, but, um, look at every religious book and see what it says about evil and how it's all pervasive and it's constantly working and it's always in control and power of everything and the people who seek that power are all evil and it just keeps going around in a circle like that that's been thousands of years of teaching of loads of different christianity of course but loads of different religions and no one i know i meet religious people people in the park who uh, will start to say conspiracy theory or things like that whenever i talk to them but it doesn't take long for them to become perplexed when you bring up the fact that their religion themselves tell them this the religion themselves tell them that this will happen and that this is going to happen constantly not just once or twice everybody in power has got that want to gain power and if you don't if you're not human uh, about your way and you don't have any humanity then you lose uh, understanding of the preciousness of humanity and then you start treating people in a way that is perceived as evil whether you're religious or not there's good and evil there's things that you do that are good the people up in davos you can't see a lot uh, any of them as being truly good they will cling on and grab anybody who's truly good to put them in the limelight and they will create people images figures like uh, greta thunberg and they will attach themselves to leonardo DiCaprio and they will bring them in and these people will allow it they'll be like oh yeah we like it because we get to hang around in rich resorts uh, and we get treated like the boss and we don't give a shit what these little people down there think anymore because we're well above them now we're hanging out with the rich folks these guys will be used and abused as time comes and uh, i i don't think it's long uh, in in the coming <laughs> i think we're right around the corner from what we could po possibly term as some form of end game where things get really freaky if you think covid was bad uh the end of this uh process uh towards this great reset this uh, uh 2030 agenda the end of that will signify something much worse than we've seen it, and we will see in this decade something much worse will come at the end of that um maybe before uh and it that means we've got we is this it, it doesn't matter if we're already too late we're so late to the party that we gotta start now i mean it is truly i i said that on the first interview we had it was the first time i'd said it you know we're late to the party it's still we I, all my research afterwards has shown me that we're even later to the party than i thought we were <laughs> i i i just i totally agree and you know i think i've been looking at it lately the last pieces that, that end game you're talking about are these like smart cities i'm see, seeing all these white papers pop up in different in mexico in germany from 2017 someone just pulled one out where i mean they're talking about all this crazy dystopian te technocratic all the countries are doing it in, in you know that's the end game that digital social credit uh system and yeah and you you i think you're talking about true news rick wiles uh, you did that, that you yeah, were yeah. In the, and i yeah, yeah. I, I donated uh, to that project i i i, I love i actually love the work that true news does and i i, I don't think yeah, it has yeah I don't think it's come out yet. I'm still waiting for that. Like uh, you No, it said they had they had a little bit of issues. They had a backwards and forwards, some court stuff, this and that. You know what it's like. I I think uh, I I think it's been resolved and uh, it'll come out in the next few months. The, the thing is, is what what is bizarre for me is that you know I left the church when I was like 11 or something. I told my whole family, "Oh no, okay, this, come on, what are we doing?" And they all stopped going to church as well. <laughs> like my whole family. Um, and and I I I always thought that I was uh, that would mean I would drift further away from the church. Um, but to be perfectly honest, now when I see what the battle lines look like and how they're drawn, I'm like, oh, they, 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 I'm still completely almost uh, completely aligned with those guys because they, they 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 a lot of a lot of it is about like the basic uh, definition, and this is important nowadays: the definition of goodness. You know, they can change the definition of a vaccine. They can change the definition of a man or a woman. Um, 
And the next stage will be changing the definition of good and bad. And that's what we're approaching. That's where we're yeah. going. And I don't think a load of people, I, I think you'll find yourself aligned with the funkiest people <laughs> at the end game. When this, when this plays out, we'll be, we'll all have to draw the line and it'll all come down to good and bad. Yeah, I mean, they changed the definition of definition. And yeah, I think in the end, uh, as you said, that's that's uh, where it's going to be. I, I don't know. Uh, I just I thought I'd mention this. I don't know if we talked about it last time. I just took a second look at uh, BRICS because everyone today is talking about multipolar world and BRICS. And I'm like, I went back and double checked. And first they said it was some Goldman Sachs person. Then I double checked and I found it was actually uh, the, the World Economic Forum young global leader who coined <laughs> BRICS. So so much yeah. you know for your multipolar bricks. Uh, again, it's 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 just insane. Um, and so, uh, you know, any any other or, or final thoughts uh, you have? Yeah, I think there's a. I, I think this is um th- this whole educating for uh, to take over the world to take over industry has happened in nearly every single sector that is available. Um, it's not only the World Economic Forum, like how after uh, World War Two suddenly they invented loads of different youth organizations to spread them out all over the place that all had different intentions, but it was all about the same thing fundamentally: getting Western ideology into young minds elsewhere you know they, they're going to do a lot of this they're going to keep doing this and we're seeing it uh, uh, nowadays in a sense with like facebook and social media lots of people who who pick up on trends and fads and they go on with it um but we're all being distracted by the 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 big thing and i don't think uh, you know i <laughs> how do you reach the people who are dancing on tiktok how do you reach them because they might be the people we end up having to mobilize <laughs> this is this is humanity is looking dire and the worst thing is it's like i want to look at it like i love you people the humans are the greatest and i i'm on your side i'm on the side of humanity but people are bloody annoying and they don't see anything that's right in front of them i i think there's a, a big realignment about to happen especially the covid stuff oh it's really gonna there's some stuff that's gonna come out i really think is gonna start breaking people's minds but what i i saw is that minds get broken and then something happens and they flip straight away into they've been trained so well we gotta learn how to break that training learn how to get out of it we gotta help each other you've got to talk to people you've got to have conversations with people whether they like it or not whether you like it or not and you've got to change the world <laughs> we gotta do it now <laughs> yeah they they double down on their stockholm syndrome uh, as you said maybe you're gonna have to do like a shirtless tiktok or something to grab people's <laughs> attention yeah. i don't know um I, 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 maybe I think one, so. Yeah. I, I, one final thought. If I, I just uh, question a theme that I, I had, if you just want to add a comment on that. How, and people ask me, and I don't have a clear uh, answer. Maybe you have a better answer. How should we view the whole Ukraine war situation? I mean, I, I, I've talked to Ian uh, Davis recently, and he said I mean, he made a good point that COVID and Ukraine are just furthering along this whole uh, agenda. But, you know, just real quick, how do you make sense of, of the Ukraine war? I think it's a really quick fix to distract. I think that if there was a real war there, Ukraine would have been crushed in about two, three days. I think it would have been just... they would have been shamed. I'm sorry to the Ukrainian people, uh, but th- th- this, of course, it's it's all about prolonging this sort of distraction as much as you possibly can. Keep people divided on the ground as much as you possibly can, while you implement whatever you need to implement all around people. Because there's a couple of things I'd li- love to talk about, and I'd love to say about the a future um, that very near articles. Look out for what Whitney Webb will be putting out in the very near future future um because there's things happening all around us where the whole world that we know is really changing right now and we're watching ukraine not having a war it, it's been pathetic like some of the 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 scene of oh over there there's bombing and we're interviewing people who aren't scared at all and oh, we're panicking all of that I mean, eventually it wears off and it wears down and they've got to find something else. So the next big distraction is coming. It's not Ukraine. 
the next one is going to be something else. I think Ukraine will die off. Uh, and, and, uh, I, I feel like saying freedom for the Donbass, you know? <laughs> I I understand independence. It sounds pretty nice. <laughs> I'd like it if Wales could be independent too. <laughs> Who knows? Uh, maybe, maybe sometime soon I've, I've had some guests on talking about, you know, Scotland, you know, the UK falling uh, apart. But um, all right. Well, the links will always, they'll be in the description uh, as usual. And um, again, if you want to remind us, you know, the best uh, websites and, and ways to support you. Yeah, of course, uh, you, you can find uh, some of my work on Unlimited Hangout. Most of my work I will put on johnnyfedmore.com and fungimonkey.com is for my media. That's a fun place uh, with loads of stuff going on and the podcast on there, Fungi Monkey, so like Mushroom Fungi Monkey. Um, uh, you, listen, uh, I need support. I need, I do need support. It lies hard. You don't, I don't get paid for nearly all my work. I don't even know how I've managed to survive <laughs> for the past few years. I've just been writing and doing stuff and things have just slowly unfolded. But yeah, I do need support, but everybody's in a shitty way. So, you know, best way to support my work is, is, uh, is to watch it and share it and get her around because I'm sure something will come up that'll change my luck. <laughs> but other than that, um, I, I thank you. Thank you for having me on. Thank you for letting me talk about it I, i'd send you paypal but i was banned by the dhs uh, in april from <laughs> paypal right, so, man, <laughs> but uh, again everyone listening again you know bookmark uh, johnny's websites and do, i mean in lieu of sending me i i don't get uh, too many donations these days uh, either but you know, do send uh, johnny um some uh you know crypto or cash uh, to buy uh, some food and you know to support his his uh, kid now as well <laughs> so um yeah all, all right uh, keep up the great work we're going to be following closely uh your work and hopefully chat uh, again so thank you thank you man thank you i hope you enjoyed this geopolitics and empire podcast the website is geopoliticsandempire.com and i encourage you to sign up for the free email list that goes out with each podcast and every weekend with a collection of news headlines the newsletter and website are our last lines of defense we're being censored and deplatformed it's nearly impossible to find geopolitics and empire on the google search engine we've been blacklisted youtube frequently takes down our videos with strikes facebook restricts our page reddit and twitter take down posts and after the Associated Press mentioned geopolitics and empire in a 2021 article co-written with NATO, our Patreon account was terminated. Vimeo also terminated our pro account. The best free way to help geopolitics and empire is to leave a review on Apple Podcasts or elsewhere and subscribe to all of our media channels. You can find the video broadcast now on five platforms. Odyssey, Rockfin, Rumble, BitChute, and Brighteon. You can find the audio broadcast on the podcast ecosystem, SoundCloud, Apple, Spotify, and so on. My current favorite social media channels are Twitter and Telegram, but you can also find us on Gab, MeWe, Minds, Float, VK, Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn. Finally, Geopolitics and Empire is in dire need of funding to continue. You can leave a donation, purchase a consultation with the host, or become a member to receive additional benefits. We also produce a weekly broadcast called Dissident Thinker for members and Rockfin subscribers only. We will continue to fight the good fight come hell or high water. Thank you for listening.